Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of the Commercial Connection Podcast. I am your host, Spencer Taylor with Mill Creek Commercial Properties. Uh, it's Friday, September 9th today as we record this. I'm out in Salt Lake. It's been hot here. And so it's uh, great to kind of throw down this episode. Uh, joining me is Jeff Davis with Bridgestone Capital. Jeff is an expert in logistics and supply chain and a multi a multi-family uh, real estate investor. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it and thanks so much for having me on. Where are you coming from, Jeff? I am in Houston, Texas. So I don't think you're experiencing the same heat that we do. Utah, Salt Lake City heat and Houston heat, they're both hot. They can both be hot, but it's a different kind of heat. Yeah, yeah. We have the humidity. We have the humidity. (laughs) I like that. I like that word. I like that word. Um, Jeff, before we dive too deep into what we want to talk about, which I'm really excited to to kind of explore and uh, just kind of talk about and and, uh, learn about, Tell us a little bit about yourself, hobbies, interests, families, that sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, Hmm. and uh, got married in August of 05, Hmm. or June of 05, and then Hurricane Katrina hit in August of 05. That's right. So, so, you know, that was our our honeymoon was uh, packing up the everything that we owned, uh, which fit in a Toyota Camry and move into Houston, Texas. And that's where I went. Basically, I went door to door looking for a job. And uh, there was a logistics company and they just said, um, if you can walk and talk, you can come do this data entry. <laughs> and hmm. That's how I got into logistics. And so I was uh, I had a desk job. I was doing data entry and I, and learning that. Um, and dealing with customers eventually and solving their problems, whether it was delivery times or, or finding where their inventory was. And, um, over the next 17 years, I, I kind of, that's what I do now is I solve kind of complex global supply chain issues for, for global customers. Right. So that's what I do, um, on a larger scale. Interesting. Isn't it true? Like so many good things happen by accident or (laughs) kind of just like, it's kind of weird how that is sometimes. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, my wife will tell you she would have never left Louisiana if it wasn't for Hurricane Katrina. And I think that's true for many people from New Orleans and from Uh the Louisiana area. It is a home, home place. And it just takes a, a huge force to get those people. I always joke because my family will always ask when you come to visit. And I say, uh, I 10 goes both ways. <laughs> you can go visit. I have plenty of room in my house for you to sleep. So. Uh, but they don't uh, visit very often. Right before COVID uh, fall of 19, I was down in, Louis- in uh, Louisiana in uh, uh, New Orleans at a 1031 exchange conference. 
food is so good, you know, and just yeah. hanging out Bourbon Street and just kind of enjoying all of that. Louisiana, a lot of hospitality down there as well in Texas. But mm -hmm. uh, my first time in Louisiana, it was fun. It was cool. Good. Good. good Glad visit. you enjoyed great, it. Great place to visit. We um, do the same cooking in this house. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So I'm excited to talk about logistics, mostly because, I don't know, over the last two years, nothing's brought more frustration to some of our projects than just the random stuff in our development projects getting delayed, you mm -hmm. know, and it's not like three, four, five days. It's like weeks, months, months. Yeah, it's just like so frustrating. So I don't know, maybe can we start with like the 30,000 foot view? Why is this happening? Kind of what's going on and what has been going on? Maybe you can give us some context. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it, it mostly starts with your projects have a lot of goods that are manufactured overseas. Mm -hmm. And this is a supply chain that's pretty intricate. It's fairly intricate, and you're dealing with large retailers. Typically, you're, you're dealing with a Lowe's or a Home Depot builder you know, uh, division. Everything from your nuts and bolts to your doorknobs to your cabinets, right. and it's all sourced overseas, and they're issuing orders to those manufacturers 90 days out. And once it comes off the line, they have already ordered the container and put it onto the ship. Uh, that, that timing is is very, very planned uh, all the way back to this side with the procurement teams. Huh. When you have a disruption such as COVID where yeah. an entire country is told they can no longer go to work, then those orders that have already been put on and they're planning to come off of the factory line it's just sits yeah. those are vessels that have a schedule that schedule is put out for the entire year and it created a complete backlog because the vessels essentially they kept coming or they were taken out of rotation and so it really just created sort of like a fishing spool that just gets spun out on the reel it's so delicate so it's such a delicate like ecosystem there. Mm -hmm. and, you know, when you think about your your projects, you're thinking of cabinets and doorknobs and hinges and, and even paint, which is primarily sourced domestically. Yeah. Um, you, you're thinking about your niche supply chain, but everything is there's so much that is purchased from overseas and not just from China, but from Malaysia and Europe and Latin America. Uh, you know, you go as far as pet food and, and computer accessories and chips for automakers. Everything is moving on those ocean vessels and those airlines. And so it really disrupted our entire lives. So COVID hit and then China said, I mean, I say China. Because in my mind, that's kind of where everything comes from. China mm -hmm. says, "China says, okay, you have to stay home. No working allowed. We don't want to spread this disease. We want to contain it. So no working. Mm -hmm. And then 90 days of inventory gets eaten Same. up. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like on the shelves, right? On the shelves in the local warehouses, it gets eaten up and there's no replacement inventory to, to backfill the demand. Yeah, right? so, uh, yeah, so I'll kind of go the other way. So yeah. everybody's sitting at home. We are not allowed to travel. We're not allowed to go to concerts. We can't go to restaurants. So those are three avenues of typical U.S. consumer spending that we can't that we can't go. So where's the avenue of consumer spending? Where are all our dollars going? And the answer was all of our dollars were going to Amazon. Mm. All of our dollars were going to Lowe's and Home Depot and Walmart who were still open. And so their distribution centers, to your very point, were becoming depleted at a time where the vessels didn't have dock workers to unload them. So their distribution centers could not be refilled. So there was this run of existing supplies and existing inventories when it couldn't be backfilled. And then the factories weren't reproducing. And so the supply went down, demand went up without the ability to refill it. So it's typically a continuous loop, but it stopped. Even though it was a, a momentary stop, it yeah. stopped. Wow. So I, I've never really thought about that. I mean, I knew people were doing home improvement projects in and around kind of my neighborhood, right? And I knew like the cost of um, landscaping was skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. We saw for a while there the cost of wood like shooting through the roof. Right. Um, I think, I think someone just before COVID in my neighborhood put a pool in and it was like 30, 36,000. And now they're putting out quotes like 75 to 90,000 for basically the same work, the same same pool, the same same layout. I mean, the same. Right. And it's, it's just kind of like, wow. I mean, I never thought about like, okay, instead of spending money at the health club for example oh Can't i want a there. pool i want a pool i want to pool in my backyard so i can you know whatever get the exercise i'm going to do mm-hmm. that instead i mean that's really interesting really interesting um yeah so the 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 spending could not go on to um into services which were unallowed uh-huh. and disallowed so they went into goods yeah yeah interesting so um so kind of like well like like kind of just earlier this year right um mentioned price of wood went up mm-hmm. price of other goods went up um were you know price of gas is going up it is how, how you know how does the market correct itself can can the logistics supply chain kind of just kind of correct itself? Is it just like China needs to turn the switch on and then things catch up or kind of how how does that right. end of it work? So, you know, obviously logistics is only one part of it. Uh-huh. You know, you've got labor and oil is completely separate from all of this. Um, you know, because actually, if you think about it, during COVID, oil hit 
like ridiculously okay. low rock bottom uh, yeah rock bottom yeah it actually went negative for like a week interesting um but uh it is in the process of correcting itself you know in actually in from may in may we were still at these all-time highs in shipping and demand in june demand for imports dropped 50% and it's continuing to drop and so what what i would attribute that to is a couple of factors one is inflation uh-huh. and one inflationary thing one factor of inflation is you had these sky high shipping costs that began last year however did not work their way through the distribution channels until Q2 of this year. Hmm. And that's really when consumers began to feel the the effect of higher labor costs even in yeah. China and Malaysia and all over the world as as well as these 10 times 10x shipping costs. Yeah. Which they were. You know, uh normal shipping container costs from China to Houston are between 2500 and $4000. Her container. Her container. Yeah. Uh, And into at the peak, they got as high as thirty thousand dollars. That's so. If you're an organization, if you're a company who is typically shipping a hundred containers a year, and so you budget, you know, a million dollars a year, your logistics spend is now ten million. How do you budget for that? You know that that is you have to pass that on. Right, right. And that's going to trickle into the consumer. So it took about a year for that to affect. And, and so that is, I, I think, that is a huge factor of inflation. And hmm. so by June, this demand fell 50% of, of the imports fell 50%. So, and that's around when inflation began to really ratchet up to where, uh, I think the August numbers were 9.1, or July numbers were 9.1%. And then last year, or last month, the numbers are down to 89 and, and now it's trending down. Shipping prices are <laughs> like 40% of that high, because now we're getting into around uh, $8,000 into Houston. So it's it's coming down. Yeah. That's fan- I don't want to say that's great news, but things are beginning to normalize on the logistics side. Uh, labor is still an issue and supply chain is not perfect. Uh, we've got different issues, but normalization is on the forefront and, and now the fed is also increasing interest rates to slow things down. So with this, with the, with the correction in shipping, correction in logistics, there may be a correction in labor. Will that kind of bring things down? Will we, would we see kind of a normalization of everything across the board, like in a year? Yeah, I'm. You know, if we use the same timeline of when yeah. shipping hit its peak mm-hmm. to when it hit the consumer, nine to twelve months. Yeah, and we are, you know, I would look at it like that. You know, because at the peak of problems. You were seeing ships, I think it was a uh, hundred ships off the coast of l a right yeah, yeah, long beach 
just there's sitting there. nine right now. There's nine. There's nine. Yeah. So it but, just takes time. So to what's work this congestion out? What's a normal? How many normal? What's normal to have ships off the coast? You know, of nine isn't great uh, because L.A. is one of your largest ports. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have twenty-seven off of Houston. So now Houston's backed up. Yeah. And, and Savannah has has some forty. Because wow. now nobody wants to call on Long Beach right now, so they keep. <laughs> but that's a different topic. But nine, you know, yeah. so they've really worked through that congestion, and so yeah. you're not seeing delays probably in Salt Lake. No, because all mean, of your containers are coming through Long Beach. We were seeing delays like in Q1 and Q2 of, of this year Correct. in Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. when you were seeing your your stuff is probably good right now. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating. So, so it's working uh, itself through your prices. You should be seeing a decrease in your prices. If not, call me. <laughs> and then um, you, uh, and and so that should help tying this to real estate. This is going to help operators with forecasting and timelines on their projects. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, you know, we're not. We're, you know, at Mill Creek Commercial, we're not in the in the in the residential space. We're in the commercial single tenant yeah. at least space. Right? As are we, right? Yeah. We're in commercial. You're in a, a different commercial, but yeah. everybody's got larger. Uh, everybody has investors to answer yeah. to, and when yeah. timelines, timelines and budgets are getting out of whack, it's a difficult conversation with investors. And, and, you know, it, it kind of put a little bit of a squeeze on our tenants because their rent was based on cost of construction. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's the, I don't know. I think that's the best way to keep both the tenant happy and the contractor happy, the developer happy, because, Mm -hmm. you know, if something's, if something costs more, and, and if it costs way too much more than the the developer is just going to walk away and not finish the project because they're they're going to they're going to say, "Well, I can't make any money off this. I've already lost my shirt if we go ahead and buy this wood that eats up all of our profit." When you know when right. wood was really high, right? So put yourself in the developer, the contractor's shoes, right? Yeah. I mean, the wood prices were going up every week. They couldn't get a fixed cost on concrete. It, it yeah. was. So I imagine that's stabilizing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, really, really interesting to think about just how delicate that was for, you know, the last kind of nine months. Not so much in the last couple of weeks, but it kind of a nine-month spread there of yeah, just uncertainty and unknown and zero ability to predict. I mean, that was that was really hard. Yeah. a lot of people and there's there's still volatility right now we're like oh, what's the fed gonna do mm-hmm. but with global supply chain region by region has its own yeah issues but it's becoming a little bit smoother yeah if you could go in and, and kind of fix the system what what needs to be fixed now in the supply chain what need, what needs our attention would you would you kind of if you could pontificate on that what 
What, where should we focus uh, on? <laughs> Stop doing union contracts with the courts. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah, don't do that. Cause that would, that would make New York and, and Long Beach more competitive and, and less contentious. Hence the vessels keep coming to Houston and New York or Savannah and they're getting congested. Um, so you're saying that because the labor, the labor that's there, boots on the ground, would be able to work through. Yeah, the, you know the ship, the shipping more effectively. Yeah, when the contracts come due. Yeah. Everybody knows they're about to strike, and they, and it just becomes a contentious and uncertain time about what's yeah. going to happen, yeah. because those are very powerful unions, mm-hmm. and. Then they ask for very, very much. It's it's a union. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, is China kind of back online with everything? Are they, do you have any yeah, insight on just, whether or not they're on their, if they're producing kind of where they were pre-COVID? I don't believe they're doing that. Yeah. However, um, on the flip side of that, there are the big orders and the big order makers here in the U.S. are actually canceling orders with factories because the distribution centers here are so full of inventory. You know, I heard that like Target and kind of these bigger stores are just putting everything on sale because they're overstocked. And yeah, and, and I have customers that are that are vendors for you know big retailers such as Target and Costco and and. Um, other furniture outlets uh-huh. and they've told us how critical it is that if there's any delays we let them know as soon as possible because what will happen is if an order is going to be late into one of these big retailers that's when they'll cancel it and it puts a a smaller outfit such as my customers in a real bind because they've already paid for yeah. those goods so it, that's how those big retailers protect themselves. And hmm. They're just canceling orders, and they find any excuse contractually to to protect themselves. But orders are getting canceled with with the factories overseas left and right, hmm. which means they're full. Yeah. They have they have a full stock. So my uh, advice would be look forward to some Black Friday sales. Yeah. <laughs> true they're going to be good there's going to be it's good. going to be a good black friday year interesting um, interesting yeah that was my that was my um update to my clients of hey this is happening this is the effect look for black friday deals i can't because <laughs> you know one of my favorite stores is joseph a bank right me too i, I love yeah. that store just kind of nice quality men's men's clothing they used to do like buy one suit, get three or four free. <laughs> they haven't done that. There's a great Saturday Night Live skit. Totally, totally. <laughs> buy one and get nine free or something. <laughs> <laughs> I use it for my towels. <laughs> I stopped buying Scott paper towels. I just use it just a picture. <laughs> so funny. So funny. They used to but, be a client of mine. I used to I used to handle their business because they're based here in Houston. Okay, okay, and, cool. And I knew the guy. He did all of the online stuff, and we'd go to lunch. I'm like, you got to stop. 
<laughs> like, yeah, I'm a I'm a member. Please stop with yeah. the with the ads. <laughs> and he says it's so. But man, it's effective, isn't it? Like, yeah. I said, I already bought it. You keep yeah. advertising the same thing, and you're gonna <laughs> make me not buy it because I know that if I don't. You will advertise to me for eighty percent off. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then I'm going to feel like a sucker if I bought it. <laughs> well, he said, well, "Yeah, that's true." Um, if I went in there like a couple weeks ago, and this has nothing to do with real estate, but I went in there a couple weeks ago, and there, and I'm like, okay, you know what, what, what about the sales? You know, I'm used to buying like the the traveler shirts. This is one of them. Uh, you know, like. Buy two get two free, or buy two get one free, or something like that. And the the gal was like, "Yeah, we've stopped doing sales." And I'm like, "Okay, this must be, this must be their answer to supply demand inflation and all that stuff." So, just to kind of bring that around to the to the wow. supply chain conversation. Interesting. Maybe they figured. I don't know. Maybe they figured it out, or. Maybe well, they, someone new in, mar- in marketing like has a, this idea of nobody in marketing doing. had that idea. Whoever was reading the balance sheet <laughs> said, "Wait a minute, <laughs> maybe we should stop giving our stuff away. <laughs> maybe we should stop paying our customers for clothes." Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, Jeff, super, super insightful. Thank you. Just to kind of wrap up. What what else? What what other little nugget would you like to share with us as we kind of come to come to an end here? Yeah, I would like to say you know, logistics and supply is super interesting for the very reason that we're talking. Right um, when we started seeing these prices go, you know, two x and three x yeah. and that and ten x, my my colleagues and my friends and I started saying, how is this not hitting the shelves yet? Like it's going to hit everybody yeah. and, and give them whiplash. And then sure enough, inflation hit about a year later. And now that prices are coming down, it's, it is pretty reasonable to believe that prices on consumer products, right? Not mm-hmm. necessarily food, but on consumer products that mm-hmm. are imported, that should come down. And as these distribution networks fill up, that those items will come onto the store shelves. Like what I was just saying, I, I know I made a joke, but the Black Friday deals, they don't want all these items in their, yeah. on their shelves. They want to move product because they want the new hottest item. Yeah, yeah. And so normalization is going to come back. And when we go in waves, that's, that's a business cycle. Same thing with interest rates. And so I would say that everybody's kind of getting hit right now, high food and high prices on everything and fuel fuels coming down. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like a dollar less here. Um, But that's one thing that is a benefit to working here in my industry is we see what's coming about a year in advance and then it hits. And so I hope it doesn't go too low (laughs) because then it gets, (laughs) and we're all fighting for the same, uh, same thing it, it, yeah it's kind of just this is this is how the market corrects itself right yeah yeah it's like it, it a got living real organism. crazy there like a living it organism is. interesting super interesting jeff thank you appreciate your insights on this um super insightful thank you yeah 
real fun. We got to have some laughs too. Yeah. <laughs> not, not many times have I been talking supply chain and laughed that hard. <laughs> well, I try to make everything a little funny. Yeah. yeah. If you're not laughing, you're crying, man. That's right. So thank you, Jeff. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us. We sure appreciate your uh, support. And if you feel like this episode has been worth your time and worth your energy and effort listening to it, please drop us a five-star review. We would love that. Um, if any of you would like to get a hold of Jeff, Jeff, what's what's a good way they can reach out and contact you? Yeah, read our report. We got we put a report out about why we like the apartments for investments. It's multifamilyadvice.com, multifamilyadvice.com. Cool. And it's a white paper about all the different benefits that we enjoy about multifamily investing. Awesome. Again, thanks all thanks uh, everyone for joining us and until next time, have a good day. <laughs>